This is episode 11 of Make a Move podcast. I'm very excited to share with you this episode because Elizabeth is sharing incredible knowledge and experiences. We dive deep into the benefits and science of ice bath and breath work. Elizabeth even shares some specific techniques to fight stress, to fight panic attacks, and to learn how to control yourself in stressful situations in general. Elizabeth is also a cancer survivor and she decided to fight cancer only with holistic approach. For the past 10 years she's been studying and experiencing everything we're going to talk about in the next hour. So I introduce to you Elizabeth. All right, we are rolling. Good morning. Good morning, Elizabeth. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for your invitation. Thank you for accepting it. Um, so, Elizabeth, you've been doing lots of things. You've been doing ice bath facilitator, meditation facilitator. Is that yes. a thing? Yes, breath, <laughs> breath uh, work. I like to call it breath work more than meditation. Um, but yes. And lots of different things and before we go more into the details of especially like ice bath and bread works and how beneficial it can be for you can you just tell me how someone starts such a journey and you've been doing it for like 10 years mm-hmm. around 10 years and ice baths are like a trend now especially in dubai for like past year i'm sure anywhere else but you've been doing it for like 10 years so how did you even get to something like that Um, <clears throat> well, my holistic journey started 10 years ago, um, and then everything came a bit progressively. Um, and it came from a background of, um, I think the first trigger was when I lost my mom from a cancer 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I went to a depression uh, quite delayed, three, four years after she passed away. And I didn't really understood why um, I was... Uh, It came so delayed that, first of all, it was uh, unexpected. And as well as I was really climbing up in the the career, in my um, corporate career at that stage. Um, So it was a big shock. uh, Mm -hmm. And I didn't have any tools of um, awareness to actually know how to handle my emotions at that moment and to handle myself. So I went pretty low. Even though from the outside I had pretty much everything to be happy, I was uh, I was a big manager. Uh, I had um, a very successful career up to 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 that stage. I had a very settled personal life. Um, so really, it came uh, quite unexpectedly, and um, it triggered a lot of different questionings in in my life. Um, And that's when really I believe I started this awareness journey more than holistic at that mm-hmm. moment. And I started self-questioning myself a lot to understand where all these emotions came from. Um, moved to Dubai, kept on being in the corporate industry, but um, at the same time being much more aware to different uh, holistic modalities and started a sport journey at that stage as well. Um, and that's when I started wakeboard and water sports. Mm-hmm. And in that environment, I got attuned and I met a lot of different people that were yoga teachers and um, uh, holistic oriented, let's say. Um, and that was re- the real trigger was first at the moment where I found a real passion in my life because I never practiced sport before. 
And second, when I was around people who helped to understand who helped me to understand myself better and to open me a new world of awareness. Um, and that was uh, nine years ago when um, I started as well a journey of holistic uh, energy healing, uh, Reiki. That's the very first thing I, I, I uh, got attuned to, uh, first in Dubai, and then um, I went to travel for a few months, and I went to Thailand. I spent uh, three months with a monk um, oh. that was retired from his monastery and, and built a holistic school in, uh, in Thailand. School, I mean, he was offering three rooms upstairs his house, and every morning we used to go from um, uh, teaching uh, and uh, Theo theoretical uh, training about Reiki and, um, and uh, how to attune and how to pass on uh, energy healing. And every afternoon we had people from the villages who came for us to practice. Um, I went on a silent retreat from there in Bali. Uh, I went to Nepal. I, I traveled a lot at that moment. I left my corporate career. So you completely, um, I completely abandoned the job? like flipped the table upside down because I was such into a self-inquiry journey. Um, I didn't want to go back to where I was before. And for me, it was passionating how I could understand myself better, how I could help others. Mm -hmm. and, and it really became a revelation for me that I wanted to support people in their wellness journey because I guess I wish I had somebody at that moment in my life. Um, so that's where it all started. Um, when I come back from this trip, I wanted to live from it. But of course, when you do energy healing and uh, at that moment, it was simply not enough. And I just came out from my corporate career. Was, I didn't have the experience, neither the portfolio, neither anything to mm -hmm. actually build anything myself. Um, and uh, very quickly, I got uh, I went back to Bali and I got an opportunity to um, become a, a yoga school manager. So I was uh, managing house of home. And, uh, and at that moment, it was a dream opportunity for me because this person gave me uh, the tools to actually live completely my life in Dubai and just start uh, a full-time journey uh, in holistic living in, in Bali. Wow. Um, so that's when it really was the, 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 main, um, the main switch, let's say, from corporate to, uh, to holistic life. And uh, I was already attuned uh, to Wim Hof because mm -hmm. I've seen some uh, videos at that moment. Um, because myself, when I was um, 15 years back, um, when I lost my mom, I had a cancer as well. Mm -hmm. uh, that came back exactly six years ago. So at that moment, I was supposed to go through The first time it was a surgery, and the second time they wanted me to go through therapies and chemotherapies and radiotherapy. And for me, it was simply not an option. I've mm -hmm. lived so much with somebody sick uh, for a long time that I promised myself I would never do, do that so you process. So cancer as well. Yeah. And, and it came back. And the minute it came back was the surgery was not enough anymore. So mm -hmm. when it came back, it was going through uh, uh, chemo and radio. And so you completely uh, refused? The I, I said no. I, I, for me, it was, and still up to now, mm -hmm. tomorrow it happens again, I would say no. What um, did the doctor say to that? 
they told me that uh, at that moment um, I needed to go through at least a, a new surgery which would have removed my ability to have kids completely. Mm -hmm. I was 35, uh, 33. Uh, I didn't want to have that removed from my, uh, uh, at least my choice, you know. Mm -hmm. um, second, um, if the surgery didn't go well, for sure there was radiotherapy, and then we would evaluate if chemo was needed. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't want that, so I, I said no. And, uh, and at that moment was exactly the parallel where I was uh, starting to be attuned with Wim Hof, with, I think I was getting a so bit more mature in my journey of awareness and meditations and, and yoga. So I, I, I sat with myself at some point and I said, if you, dis if you really believe in everything you're doing, mm -hmm. why don't you try this? Uh, especially Wim Hof, because Wim Hof was a huge part about the, the, the strengths in you, the self-power, the strengthening of immunity, um, healing journey. So I, I gave it a shot and, um, and for uh, 90 days uh, consecutively, I was doing like uh, the Wim Hof training. I was uh, doing ice bath, uh, breath work. Uh, I did meditation. I, I Just really, by yourself? Yeah, okay. by myself and in Bali as well, because mm -hmm. it was the prop proper environment also. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I just did it and I just removed completely from my mind this, uh, this part of hospital uh, treatment and everything and I just went fully on. So you didn't even go for checkups and stuff like that? No, I went later on, six months later. Oh, so um, for six months you didn't yeah. even, wow. It wasn't, it, uh, I didn't have lung cancer or, or brain cancer. I mm -hmm. had uh, cancer in the uterus stage five. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, um, it was for me, you know, it's like my biggest fear because I lost my mom from a cancer. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden my biggest fear is coming true because I have cancer. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was already so much involved into this process that... I was like, if I go through the normal uh, medical way, this is going to be exactly, uh, this, is, this is not giving credit to everything I'm trying to learn. And at the same time, I always like to experience things on myself before, you know, you need to have experience and it always comes from a self journey anyway. So Only then I was like, let me see people, if it yeah. works. Now, I'm not going to tell you that it's Wim Hof, that it's yoga or it's breath work who healed me. I think mm -hmm. really the switch was in myself because even though I was uh, successful in in a lot of different things, I think I was lacking a lot of um, self-confidence, a lot of um, autonomy as well because for a very, very long time I was a spoiled kid uh, and I never learned to live with myself. So... I think that was really the trigger where I learned to be okay with myself. I learned to know myself better. Mm -hmm. I started to switch a lot of different connections in my brain and into my emotions management and in everything. Plus, of course, I had a much more healthy and uh, healthier life. Um, I stopped smoking. I started to be vegetarian. I was mm -hmm. really into also because being in Bali, you're in the perfect environment to be, uh, yeah. of course, uh, surrounded by uh, by uh, nature. Like the, everything was different. So I think this is a whole that just completely, uh, almost as if I'm a brand new person. So. Um, 
that was the biggest switch, I guess. And the it wasn't refusal, but it was just not accepting at all to think that this would be my path. Mm-hmm. So um, when I came back a few months later to uh, Dubai, um, uh, somehow um, this, because the, they tell you that you have the ability to uh, heal this in stage two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was stage four or five, and it was already coming back. So it was quite surprising, but nonetheless, my scan was clear. Yeah. So <clears throat> I just I just started to feel completely convinced that, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to help people to not heal, but to understand how to switch this in a different manner. And um, and that, yes, it has sense to, to add different tools in your life so that it, it's not like life will never happen to you. You will always have a lot of things happening to you, even if you're the healthiest, the most uh, 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 calm person. No, you will still have things coming to challenge you. You got to just understand how to to deal with them so that inside there is no storm of emotions. There is no, because the minute anything inside gets stressed, even if you can avoid feeling it or avoid accepting or avoid anything, it's still there. And I had, I think, repressed so much for such a long time. Mm -hmm. That's why it came so delayed. That's why it came as my biggest fear. We always we always tell you like your biggest fear might come true if you put too much attention to it and i think somehow this is what i've done so um that's that's how i got into all of this and how i believed it and how i'm trying to provide people all of these tools will have helped me so that's why i'm not only a yoga teacher only a meditation or breath work or or ice bath because everybody's different Mm -hmm. for me everything has helped me on a physical or mind way um, and uh, sometimes you need an ice bath, sometimes you need a yoga practice, sometimes you need to stay still, sit in meditation, sometimes breath work will help you to release. So uh, there is, and, and, and there's so many other different tools you can use. This is the ones I'm using because they make sense for me, but uh, that's why I'm, I'm enjoying everything I do because they all have a different purpose or they serve a different emotions or a different moment or a different challenge. and. Uh, and that's uh, how I like to, to play with them. That's incredible. So because all of that helped you, now you try to mm. pass it to other people and help them with with their stuff. Mm. So did you did you start with ice baths as well in Bali when you did yeah, all so that? Yes, so I did my own training and I was doing my own practice for uh, about a year when I arrived and uh, lived in Bali. And then in the yoga school, so we were um, training yoga teachers. Mm -hmm. So every month we had 55 new students who would come to the school and they would have one day off per week. And uh, my uh, manager at that moment told me, listen, you're doing this so so often, you should do it for the students because in their yoga teacher journey, anyway, they are very sore. Mm -hmm. Um, This is becoming, it was already, it was one year before COVID it was already starting to get a bit more known as well so why don't you start um, why don't you start to do it as a workshop on a monthly basis for each uh, group that comes um, that's how my teaching journey started and uh, the first time I did it on all my teachers so I had a team of teachers who were teaching the students uh, every every week uh, Manish uh, all of uh, all of the the people that some of them are very known as well in Dubai 
and uh, I see myself in a, in a <laughs> my first workshop uh, doing it to all my teachers and I was so scared because I mean I'm doing it for myself but the moment you have to take the mic and to do yeah. it especially to your teachers is is, um, is a different story but that's how it started and then every month I was doing one or two workshops for the yoga students um, and then quickly um, it started to become a thing and then uh, we started to organize it for Ubud people um, then COVID happened and then um, so while Dubai was in COVID Bali was still not in COVID mm -hmm. we were still open so we were still working quite a lot uh, but then within six seven months Bali started to close and Dubai to reopen and at that moment our school closed um, so for me it was not really an option to stay in Bali because I wanted to First, continue teaching. Second, um, I had no job anymore because the school was closed. Um, and, uh, and I decided to come back to Dubai uh, and to start, uh, to start teaching in Dubai. And that's when my entire career switched completely fully to be able to live from what I do. Mm -hmm. um, at that moment, it was post-COVID. Everybody was, uh, of course, very attuned to the breath somehow um, because it's a very big part of what I'm doing and what I'm passionate about. Um, Wim Hof as well has become very popular during COVID yeah. um, and uh, of course yoga was already for a very long time but um, again like everybody was in their wellness journey in a different perspective I think after COVID even corporates as well now there's a lot of um, corporates who are including in their monthly or yearly uh, employees benefits some um, wellness journeys or wellness mm -hmm. workshop uh, and things so um, that's how it started um, mainly through yoga first a lot of requests for yoga at the beginning and then slowly with uh, more ice baths groups uh, corporates uh, breath work initiating people to um, understanding stress anxiety through breathing um, I always like to have an audience of corporates because for me this is really where you can have an impact as well mm -hmm. people who are already in their wellness journey they are attuned to a lot of different things but people who have completely and especially consultant I started with Accenture mm -hmm. uh, a lot of uh, functions that were extremely hard working and uh, with completely uh, messed up schedules and flies flights and jet lags and no proper routine and uh, rituals so uh, it 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 really helps for these people to have few tools that they can have because yes, you can have a gym in any hotel you go. Uh, you can choose to eat a salad, uh, for example, if you if you can, but uh, if you want. But uh, to really understand how to calm down a panic attack, an anxiety mm -hmm. attack when you're in a very stressful environment, is um, is something different. Everybody thinks of therapy, but the the simplest tool you can use is the breath, and uh, and that really made an impact, and that's really something that. Uh, I enjoy uh, doing as well and I still do uh, as of now. Is there any one specific technique you could, if somebody's listening, something very short, very easy, simple that they can do when they're overwhelmed and stressed? Yes, uh, I mean, there is two different techniques I like to give to people when it comes to stress and anxiety. If the panic attack is already there, um, because the, the biggest thing in the breath and when you want to start to relax a bit more is to lengthen your breath to breathe through your nose and especially lengthen your exhalation. The truth is 
<clears throat> when you're in a panic attack situation, it's impossible to lengthen your breath mm -hmm. because you're already suffocating. You already have the, nice, the knives in the chest and the chest is very tight. So if I'm asking you to uh, exhale longer and to breathe through your nose, it might bring even more stress. Yeah. So um, that's something that you can do when you feel a bit stressed or overwhelmed, but not at the stage of panic attack, is to first close your mouth. Um, because breathing through the nose will help you to, of course, uh, slower your heart rate, create nitric oxide, which is a very important gas that helps in relaxing the vagus nerve and help to optimize a lot of different functions and work on the longer exhalation. Mm -hmm. uh, inhaling is sympathetic and activates you and exhaling is, is really calming you down. So the longer you exhale, the more you're gonna go into a more relaxed state. Um, if you add the nose breathing to this, you have really a tool here that can help you when you feel uh, a bit overwhelmed, whether you're driving to work or coming back from work. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a very easy breath. You can count it, inhaling maybe in a count of two, exhaling in a count of four, six, eight, as long as you can. Um, that's when you're still in control. Mm -hmm. When you're not in control anymore and you can feel a panic attack coming, it's impossible to practice this. So the, mm -hmm. the, the first thing I ask people to do is to practice breath holds, very short breath holds. Mm -hmm. um, so you inhale and you just pinch your nose and hold your breath for five seconds and then you let the breath out. You wait five breaths and you start again. Mm -hmm. And you do this for three to five minutes minimum. It will really help you because when you're holding your breath, you're putting your um, body into a proper physical danger. A panic attack is usually a mind overwhelmed and that's because you're into your thoughts and because you're stressing about everything, you make it as a big thing and you can't stop just thinking and it, then yeah. the body is just going by itself and the mind going by itself. So you want to go back to a, a present state and if you need to shock it, mm -hmm. shock it with a proper danger. So mm -hmm. shock it with holding your breath. That will bring you back to presence. That will really help you to catch up with the, the panic attack and the anxiety. And within three to five minutes, um, this is a technique used not only for, um, um, let's say, in the yoga scope, mm -hmm. but also by athletes. Um, one of the trainings I've done is oxygen advantage. It's uh, for athletes mm -hmm. uh, to improve your endurance. Um, and whether it is for yoga or for uh, athletes, we always tell you if you want to master your breath, you need to master the breath hold. Um, it has a lot, a lot of different uh, benefits, functions, challenges, whatever you want to call it. Um, but holding your breath is um, a, a very key component in, in the breath uh, world, let's say. Mm -hmm. And in the scope of a panic attack and anxiety, it will just help you to... Um, Again, just ground yourself, put yourself for five seconds into a proper physical danger. Mm -hmm. So the mind has something else to think about as how my life is bad and how I'm in such a bad situation. But all of a sudden you're going back to there is a proper danger. I'm holding my breath, I'm not breathing. Mm -hmm. And that, that usually grounds you back and calms you down within three to five minutes. Yeah, so that's, that's an emergency breathing technique, let's say. That's great, thanks. That's, these are actually really good. And this is for, especially for people who doubt these kind of things and they say this is like spiritual yoga talk, as you said, because these techniques are used by special forces and police and yes, soldiers because they actually work. They actually work and because 
um, if we're talking about uh, any movie you look as well, um, now I'm very uh, uh, receptive to this, but in any movie where there is a car accident or there is a big trauma, they tell you breathe slowly, or uh, police, uh, special forces, militaries, fighters, mm -hmm. um, these are people who have to deal with emergency situations. And you don't have your yoga mats and you can sit down. Yeah. And, no, you need to have a tool that you have always on hand. And I always say to people, the first shift in your wellness before you start a physical practice, before you start a diet, is what you have on hand is your breath. Mm -hmm. You can achieve a lot of different um, uh, physical and mind uh, benefits through just changing your breath. And the truth is because we've never learned really properly, at least in, in, in the West, how to um, use the breath, um, we, we end up um, accentuate, uh, exaggerating our stress level, exaggerating our uh, dysfunctions in the body because of the breath. While in the East, when it comes to in the yoga scope or even in martial arts, mm -hmm. um, in a lot of different um, uh, traditions, uh, whether it is spiritual or physical, they use the breath as well. But they have been attuned to this for a very long time. So it's, it, this is where for us, we say, okay, maybe it's from yoga. No, uh, we only use it for athletes or for police. Yeah, because we don't know, but uh, but at the end of the day, if you are attuned and if you are educated about it, uh, it's the most simple and easy tool to, to, to have on hand in any situation, whether you want to warm up before physical practice, whether you want to improve your digestion, whether you want to calm down anxiety and stress, um, whether you want to improve your endurance. Um, everything is one breath away. Yeah, I was. I used to train martial arts, different types, kung fu, a uh, little bit of MMA, jiu-jitsu, boxing, and each of them has breathing as like the most important thing. Of course. Once just because so you re conserve your energy, but mm -hmm. also to handle when I was training self-defense to handle the stress situation of potential attack because I've been in the past in situations when you are attacked in the street and your body, your mind can completely shut off if you don't know how to control yourself. Yeah. And it really starts with the breathing. Yeah, also, as you said, like, I've been meditating for years, but even now, until this day, if something very stressful happens to me, if I cannot just sit down and meditate, like, it's such a bullshit, you cannot just sit down and, okay, just be calm. No, it doesn't work like that. It's when you're very agitated, I struggle with meditation so much, so much for so Same. many years. <laughs> so many years and especially when I was in Thailand because this is the first thing that this monk wanted me to do in the morning we used to drive with a scooter to go up to the mountains and he would put me on the mountain and he would just leave me there and I didn't know at that moment what to do and I was I didn't do yoga so I couldn't sit yeah. so body pain thoughts <laughs> everything would come after five minutes I would be very agitated meditation would agitate me more yeah. than anything else and I really struggled for a long time. And I started, I think, a proper meditation journey two years ago, mm. even though I've been trying for years. <laughs> but when I really, really deep dived into the breath and into my practice of meditation, linking it to the breath, this is when I started to 
be able to be still. This is when I started to um, also combine, of course, with yoga because originally my knees were here. So of course that's, now that's I'm, still I'm, me until now. <laughs> I'm, I'm much more uh, okay to to sit for a long longer uh, time, but mainly now, and this is where. As you said, it's bullshit a bit because everybody thinks that meditation is about not thinking and being still. Mm. And it's not really. It's about learning how to stop and to observe everything that is happening to you, any discomfort, whether it is physical or in the mind, and to use techniques to always bring you back in presence when you become agitated in the mind or in the body. So let's say now I'm starting to have my knees in pain. Okay, I, I get that in my meditation. Okay, I'm starting to get my knees in pain. Focus back on your breath and mm -hmm. count the breath. The breath is, has been my, my to-go tool to ground me back to presence and to help slowly to understand, oh, wow, now it's been five seconds, I'm not thinking. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't have the breath, I don't think I would have been able to even understand Oh, it's not about not thinking, it's about observing the thoughts. It's not about, because the job of the mind is to think anyway, you're always going to think. Mm -hmm. But to redirect, like you, you redirect a kid when he wants a, a sweet and you give him something else, it's to divert the mind to go back to something again. And the breath is the best tool, counting, uh, observing the, the, the movement of the breath, the movement of the body, breathing, this... If I didn't have this, I don't think I would have cracked meditation. And I, I mean, it's a never-ending journey anyway, yeah. but at least it's, it's a good help to stay a bit more still and quiet for a prolonged time. Yeah, that's great even for people who don't want to meditate because there are people who refuse that, that's fine. But just like doing these breathing exercises can change your life, right? And that's when holotropic breathwork comes into place as well. Because again, for a lot of people, this is not accessible, whether mm -hmm. on a physical way, because most of the people, they would say, oh, it's fine to meditate laying down. Let's be honest, we all fall asleep when we lay down. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's a nice nap. Uh, it's, and, and that's the whole point is not to fall asleep. It's not easy to stay seated without pain. So holotropic breathwork, or call it shamanic, or Wim Hof breathwork, it's all the same technique, hyperventilation. Mm -hmm. Um, they are used as a shortcut to enter a meditative state and to um, really use, um, to, to feel for s seconds or minutes this pure awareness and presence um, from an activated breath um, and an active state to bring you into presence back and to tap into subconscious uh, thoughts and subconscious mind. Um, and that's very powerful from the minute the, and again, this is Wim Hof called it, Wim Hof, he put his name on it. Uh, very good. Uh, he put a pattern of uh, three rounds and holotropic and then you do a breath hold and get it backed up with science. And I think we are all grateful for this because in the end, he made it accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, shamans in Latin America, um, uh, uh, Russians have been using the breath for a very long time and holotropic come from a couple that used to um, practice breath work uh, to analyze and to go a bit deeper into uh, depress depression and uh, people with mental illness. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's been used for a very long time as well to transcend this meditative state 
through an active breathing and an active state and an hyperventilating state that will help you to go a bit deeper than your conscious thinking, a bit deeper into your body awareness and that for maybe a few seconds or a few minutes help you to be completely at peace. Uh, so yes, um, many different breathing techniques for many different uh, uh, scopes. Uh, but in the end, a uh, beautiful tool to, to use uh, regardless of the intensity, but to, to tackle different things and to help with meditation, whether it's from an active or a passive perspective. Yeah, like since we are talking still about breathing, so I met you when I was shooting Neha's uh, yoga teacher training and you had a part of it. You were teaching the teachers how to facilitate breath work and uh, ice baths. Yeah. And while you were doing it, you were talking about taping your mouth. Yes. And you gave us these little tapes, like just like a Did you try? Them, and I tried and I actually bought uh, the, from the link you sent from Amazon. I bought <laughs> them and I've been using them for like two months. Since then, I've been using them every night. Good. And I've, I've actually see improvement because you said I can potentially see improvement when I do my running and stuff. Yes. And my heart rate lowered and I can actually run longer only by breathing with my nose. My sleep improved mm. for sure. I can see the improvement. And it's just by taping my mouth with like a little, little yeah. tape. And it's, yeah, that's incredible to me. It's, and, and I know you're a yoga teacher too, so I know you're mm -hmm. already attuned to the benefits of nose breathing. Uh, but this is coming from the athletes and from uh, Patrick McKeon, Oxygen Advantage, the mm -hmm. one we were talking before. Um, Patrick McKeon was an asthmatic kid for a very, very long time. And even um, he, he has uh, demonstrated for uh, 15 years now um, how um, mouth breathing uh, can be really impactful on your sleep, mm -hmm. on your stress on the way that your um, face is also designed a lot of kids and that's why they use mouse tape now uh, also for kids because for kids who start to have teeth problem and to have the upper jaw coming forward usually it's a sign of early mouse breathing um, so he has uh, developed this entire technique about and this entire benefits of um, nose breathing and mouse taping at night. Why do we have to mouse tape at night, even if we are conscious already in, a, in the day that we need to breathe through the nose? Because at night you're not conscious, yeah. you're sleeping. So um, you can't really reprogram yourself uh, consciously at night if you have been a mouse breather for 10 or 15 years, if you have grinding problems, if you have a dry mouth in the morning, if you know, f usually from your friends taking pictures of you when you're uh, sleeping, if mm -hmm. your mouth is mouth open, is open. Uh, and um, if you uh, snore as well for men and women, because there's a lot of women that snores as well, um, and if you just uh, sleep and wake up still very tired. Uh, so what he has done and proven now is uh, how mouse taping, and it doesn't have to be a full thing uh, for the kids, for example, it just circle the mouse just to not overwhelm them and, mm -hmm. and to make them scared. Uh, otherwise, I've been using a standard tape that I buy at the pharmacy for a very long time until they actually designed this myo tape and this uh, mm, cross. Like an and, X, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is quite aesthetic and this is quite nice, but before I used to use trap. <laughs> <laughs> 
so uh, but it's it's in it's incredible to see um, if you do have sleeping problems or uh, if you are in um, I've, I've trained people who do marathons or mm -hmm. uh, Ironmans and uh, Superman challenge um, uh, I'm, I'm a big part of my clientele is from a triathlon uh, club in Dubai mm -hmm. um, and the owner was the actually um, doing Ironman since and, and races since he's eight years old and when I sat down with him with the, the, the breath and with mouse taping it was it was two two weeks before his um, his big race where he would complete um, 35 kilometer swim a hundred kilometers uh, run so two and a half marathon wow. and seven times up and down Jebel Jais uh, in, in Ras Al Khaimah and all of this in three days no and two weeks before I I cannot change anything to your regular training mm -hmm. and he's been doing this for years so it wasn't he did it very successfully but the only thing I told him two weeks before we did few exercises of the breath of course was to give him this tape as well mm -hmm. and during his, uh, his um, uh, race uh, he used them the full week before he slept with them mm -hmm. and he was telling me like in between in during these three days I would sleep only four to five hours And like this tape has really helped me because this four to five hours was as if I slept a full night mm -hmm. um, because he was a mouse breather. So for him, it made a big change. Now, if you're already a, a nose breather, you might not see how much uh, you can benefit from this. Mm -hmm. um, but if you are a mouse breather and you have any of these symptoms, um, asthma, uh, because asthma is yes genetic yes coming from childhood but it is very highly induced by mouth breathing as well mm -hmm. um, so all of these uh, uh, patterns shows you that you're a mouth breather if you tape yourself at night you will see huge huge difference not only in the sport performance because yes it will help um, to improve your endurance but also in the quality of your living in general improving your sleep um, improving your level of stress um, and, and again like we said the, the breath is the first shift in your wellness but same if you don't have a proper sleep you don't mm -hmm. have proper energy You're going to be more tired. You're going to be more hungry. You're going to be more uh, sensitive. Uh, the, the sleep is extremely important. So um, to tackle this as well is extremely uh, um, strategic, whether it is to manage emotions or your well-being in general, or to improve uh, sport performance, energy boost, uh, energy levels, and uh, and uh, and improve overall your endurance. Then after that. Now, if you're running a lot, mm -hmm. then there is a lot of techniques through breath holds and, and uh, nose breathing uh, during high intensity training mm -hmm. that can push you even further into the performance of uh, your endurance. Um, but mouse, but uh, mouse taping is, uh, is uh, the first thing. It's great. I recommend to everyone. It costs like few few dirhams 15 dirhams yeah. for a box of 100 yeah and just need to make sure to uh, prevent your uh, partners that uh, you might uh, look funny at night <laughs> and the first time usually people are a bit scared yeah. especially if they are mouse breather because most of the people who breathe through their mouth will tell you I cannot because I'm not going to breathe through my nose my nose is always blocked mm -hmm. but it's a circle so what I like to do and if you are in this situation uh, Tape your mouth for a few hours first during mm -hmm. the day when you're conscious. So you see already the improvement and how your nose actually naturally unlock and unblock 
by forcing yourself to breathe through the through the nose. And then once you're confident that you're not gonna die at night <laughs> with the mouse tape, then take it to, to your to your sleep and uh, and yes you will really see improvements. And if if for kids uh, make sure to buy proper uh, myotape for, for kids. Uh, happy to recommend your website as well for um, Yeah for sure. Uh, I mean the tape is still not strong enough if you forcefully open your mouth you will yes. be, and plus you can still breathe a little bit. Yeah. But I can understand in the beginning I was also like I taped it I was like Am I gonna, uh, am yeah, I gonna suffocate? Or, uh, but uh, no, usually you end up losing it at some point, maybe in the night. It happened to me a few times. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But um, most of the time it stays. The strap, you don't lose it, huh, for sure. But, uh, strap? <laughs> I haven't seen the strap. That sounds scary. <laughs> when you use for the spray, <laughs> it was a handmade uh, tool. So what's the, what's the reason behind it? What's the, such a major difference between nose and mouth breathing? Can you like explain? Why is it? Because um, it, there is so many books now and a lot of uh, research that I've been proving the, the, the way how during the past uh, centuries we have completely alienated our breath and we are all becoming mouth breather. Mm -hmm. There's an excellent book called Breeze from James Nestor that explains. Uh, yeah. I have the book, um, I still haven't read it though. Oh, you should, it's yeah. amazing. Uh, because um, it this book is a journalist uh, that made the research so it didn't it doesn't come from the athletes industry yoga industry mm -hmm. or anything it i just read his previous book called deep and he was doing research about free diving yeah and i think that's how it got him uh, um, deep diving into the topic of the breath mm -hmm. uh, but basically made a lot of research to understand uh, what what's the most optimal way to breathe and um, how come are we not breathing well enough? And he was saying that, of course, geographically speaking, it's a different things, but uh, generally speaking, um, from the way our skull is designed right now, we have all become predominantly mouth breather. Mm -hmm. But essentially, breathing, uh, um, from your mouth you should only speak and eat and from your nose you should only breathe and smell mm -hmm. from that statement he started to make a lot of research to understand how our skull was much wider in terms of the airways before our mouth was bigger and how within centuries um, we have become um, uh, very much there is a lot of people who have teeth lacking in the mouth i'm such a person i have six teeth missing in my mouth like they never grew never never would come back and i'm not alone i've discovered that oh, you said that, that it's yeah like slowly. and you remember during the training four girls out of 12 said yeah me too well, I, I used to think that I was alone when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had a massive uh, a construction site in my mouth <laughs> all when I was a kid because I had six teeth. I don't have the meat uh, uh, teeth. Mm -hmm. And um, I had massive space in my mouth and my uh, jaw is much uh, smaller in general. Mm -hmm. And um, that's me, but that's a lot of people. And in general, um, James Nestor have, have, have looked into this and understood that uh, from the way our skull was before and now, we have a much smaller jaw, much more um, smaller face in general than before. That constrict everything and any biological, natural um, um, way of breathing. Mm -hmm. 
And that's why we became more mouth breather to have more air in. But usually we, before people would have bigger nose than now and bigger airways. And that's why they would predominantly and naturally breathe through the nose. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that um, in Africa, for example, they do have still quite wise nose mm -hmm. and they still uh, um, tend to breathe more from their nose as well. Uh, so there is this correlation to make as well here uh, from the way our skull and our uh, face are shaped now that doesn't um, that doesn't support our breathing patterns and that make us grasp and try to grasp more air by breathing through the mouth. Can this be correlated with them being the best endurance athletes as well? Yeah, maybe. I, I haven't, maybe, most probably, I don't know. I, I I I haven't uh, deep dive into this, but mm -hmm. that's a good topic of research. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very nice actually. Very interesting to to see that. Um, but in in um, now, that's from let's say uh, a skull perspective and the way how the the. Uh, we are shaped as uh, now new generation of human, but. Um, Second and third, which is very generational, like it comes from our generation. If you look at it 150 years ago, we didn't talk about stress. Mm -hmm. There was no notion of stress. What is stress in general? If you start to run on a physical way, you are stressed because you start running, your body is in a stress situation, so your heart rate improve, increase, uh, your body is physically trying to adjust to the fact that you're running, and that's a positive stress. Mm -hmm. Now, for the past centuries, we are talking about negative stress. Whatever brings you out of homeostasis, as we call it, equilibrium, both emotionally and physically. We associate stress with uh, emotions, with uh, overloads of work, overloads. Uh, it's mainly uh, an overthinking problem uh, and an exhaustion problem. Mm -hmm. uh, now, stress, when you are exhausted, when you are in a very highly emotional uh, pattern or, or state, you will tend to breathe more from your mouth anyway and to breathe shallow. You will always be in the part of your nervous system that we call sympathetic, that is constantly in fight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. And the way we breathe uh, when we are not really attuned to how, we, uh, how the breath work is you will think oh, I'm suffocating right now, I need more air. Mm -hmm. So we will try to grasp more air and try to grasp more air through the mouth. The problem is you would inhale and be conscious about your inhalation, but you don't know what happens after. While we said it at the very beginning together is the entire part of relaxing and of optimizing your breath is your exhalation, mm -hmm. is your nose, your exhalation and the breath hold very very rarely we will talk about the way you inhale except that you need to do it from the nose mm -hmm. so if you only think about inhaling and you breathe from your mouth you constantly stay in the sympathetic and in a shallow breath so you constantly stay in stress mode now if you uh, breathe through the nose the first thing is on a on a physiological basis you uh, create nitric oxide it's a gas that you don't create when you breathe through your nose uh, through your mouth sorry so the air that comes into your nose becomes warmer because you have um, a, a, an action of getting it to body temperature through the nostrils and through the, the, the nose that you don't have through the mouth. Mm -hmm. The air you inhale from the mouth is colder, so you need to spend energy to bring it to body temperature. 
the mm. air that comes through your nose is already warmer. It's already clean because you have hair in your nose, so you remove particles and the quality of the air coming in is already cleaner than from the mouth. Mm -hmm. Third, you create this nitric oxide that will um, uh, relax your heart rate and will optimize the oxygen delivery to all your muscles and organs. So here, this is why you need to breathe through your nose on a physical and on an um, emotional basis because you're optimizing all of your functions, you're uh, slowing down your heart rate, you're having a better quality of air, and it's also um, um, temperature regulated. So mm -hmm. you spend less energy to process it. Now, uh, um, the the reason is that then we say exhalation over inhalation is because if you want to have a double action on this relaxation phase you want to as we said before inhaling is sympathetic exhaling is parasympathetic so the longer you're going to exhale the longer you're going to be more relaxed and optimized again you cannot heal in a stressful environment you cannot mm -hmm. be healthy in a stressful environment if you're constantly fighting 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 your body and your nervous system will never have time to actually be healthy. So if you're constantly inhaling and you don't think about exhaling and you're constantly in mouth breathing, you're, you're doing nothing that helps your body to calm down, relax and optimize the functioning inside. Mm -hmm. So really, that's why we say breathe through your nose and exhale longer because you're gonna optimize physiologically on, a man, on an emotional basis as well, relaxing the nervous system. And nervous system is the electricity in your body. If this is activated constantly, your sleep will be affected, your digestion, your energy levels, your emotions, everything, you're constantly gonna be tensed. So it, it makes sense to uh, uh, understand that. And this is what also uh, in this book, James Nestor, mm -hmm. but not only in, in yoga, in, uh, in a lot of different uh, traditions, culture, practices, whatever you want to call it, they will tell you to exhale longer or to breathe through your nose. Yeah. And when it comes to optimizing your sport performance and endurance, Patrick McKeon and Oxygen Advantage say the same thing. If you want to increase your ability to um, run longer and faster, you don't always have to only do fraction training. You know, mm -hmm. this is how people prepare for marathon usually or big run. Uh, when they want to uh, improve their endurance, most of the time they would do fraction training. They would run at a very high speed for one minute, mm -hmm. take 20 or 30 seconds rest and repeat and do repetitions of this and, and constantly increase this, um, this, uh, this performance. Another way is also that is uh, that can be uh, combined with this kind of training is fraction breathing training. Mm -hmm. Start running with holding your breath. Start running with uh, sh uh, uh, less oxygen because you're pushing your body into its resources um, to um, get better management of carbon dioxide uh, in the body, and then you you're uh, able to be more performant. I have to try that. I still. You were talking about it before as well, but I haven't tried. But this is something. Yeah, I do if you're try. doing, um, and you don't have to be like a marathon runner. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of uh, and running has become also extremely uh, um, uh, easy as a physical practice uh, for uh, and practiced by a lot of people. So mm -hmm. it does make sense because 
how many of us start running and after five minutes we have this lactic acid uh, yeah, coming in and you just want to stop already and you, you're done. <laughs> um, so uh, if you just want to start uh, uh, this uh, on a physical journey, it's, it's a good way to understand how to calibre your breath as well for your runs, whether it is for leisure and on weekends mm -hmm. or if you're preparing for... Uh, 5k 10k 20k run uh it's uh yeah. so that's what i'm doing now in february i'm gonna do half marathon first time ah nice so i'm slowly preparing and I the one try th who told me in russell kaima uh but it's in two weeks no no there is one in dubai it's like the big marathon like proper marathon mm -hmm. and i think they have half as well but then 18 february there is one in russell kaima as well yeah. just half marathon um, and uh, it's uphill or it's... Uh, no, no, this one is like the fastest in the world, so it's just pure flat. Uh, flat. That's good, good for me because it's the first one. <laughs> but if you... Yeah, then definitely that kind of training can help you. Yeah. It's, and it's... You can also practice uh, from your couch with just practicing breath hold the mm -hmm. same way as freediver do. Yeah, I used to free do it when I learned freediving and then... Of course, I stopped, but it's the same. No, it's a good motivation. Same kind of uh, training, belly breathing, holding your breath in one breath. And yeah. that's what's different from Wim Hof, for example. And that's where people need to also understand how Wim Hof, yes, has um, uh, bring a lot of light to breathing and into uh, the benefits of hyperventilation and, and how people are always extremely surprised to hold their breath and be able to hold their breath for two, three minutes mm -hmm. in a row. Uh, yes, that's good, um, and it has its own uh, scientific benefits and everything. Uh, nonetheless, if you go into the uh, freedivers and uh, athletes, how they train breath hold, uh, it's a different technique because Wim Hof use an hyperventilating state for uh, 45 to 60 breaths, average mm -hmm. two to three minutes of hyperventilation before you hold your breath. At that moment, because your body has a lot of carbon dioxide in the body anyway, um, you don't have the trigger to breathe as quickly as if I'm asking you to hold your breath mm. right now from one breath only. So you are able to prolong the breath holds. While on the opposite side, free divers, athletes, when they really want to improve performance running, you cannot do this. First of all, for many different reasons, but they would not do practice this. They would practice diaphragmatic breathing so mm -hmm. relaxing breathing technique before to make sure that you're extremely um, uh, relaxed and then in one full breath they would hold and that's if you are looking into improving sport performance if you are looking to really in um, uh, everyday breath improve your breathing that's what you should practice not Wim Hof. Wim Hof as uh, is very similar to shamanic and holotropic it's more like a spiritual breath work, mm -hmm. as I would say, um, to enter deep state of consciousness and um, to trigger different uh, feelings in the body and the mind with a shortcut. But it's not what's going to help you to improve your breathing pattern um, on an everyday uh, living. Yeah, I, I've been told the same by in my freediving training that this kind of breathing would be actually dangerous for freedivers. Yes. They do it in competitions, but some of them, but it could be dangerous for someone just to hyperventilate and then go down because you have higher chance to pass out. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, very, uh, uh, yeah, because you, you don't feel the trigger to breathe anymore. Yeah. So you don't listen to your sensors anymore. So you can just be shut down. Yeah, it was all about just being as calm as possible, yes. relaxed and slow breathing. So then, is it 
so you said like nose is like a filter i think we all know that so if you do lots of mouth breathing you think people can get also more sick because they yes breathe. definitely more sick more um you can inhale viruses kind of directly into your throat or i mean for this i would say i, I mean i don't think you inhale viruses i mean there are a, a lot of viruses you can get them through the touch through of mm -hmm. course yes but um I think that generally speaking, you are strengthening your immunity by optimizing your breath. Because mm -hmm. if you optimize your sleep, your breath and your food, you become in general stronger, so less prone to get some viruses. Yeah. Now, um, when we talk about immunity as well, I would say ice bath then comes into the place. Uh, mm -hmm. That's where it's an, a very healthy practice to do because uh, you're again pushing your body into um, uh, a shock on or cold showers. You take a cold shower every day. You're shocking your nervous system every day. You're you're pushing the body to pre create more white blood cells, and that's these white blood cells are the ones that fight viruses, illnesses, and everything. Mm -hmm. So if you're really looking into strengthening your immunity. Um, I wouldn't say that mouth breathing really would increase this, but definitely is not optimal on a physiological basis. Mm -hmm. Nose breathing will make sure that you're using less energy, you're less tired, so less prone to catch viruses, of course. And then if you really want to have the strengthening action on your immunity system, I would I would advise to take cold shower because it, this has been proven scientifically for, for mm -hmm. years that people who take cold showers every day or plunge into ice water uh, on a regular basis, they are um, they have a stronger immunity. And the way to measure it is to measure the level of white blood cells because in your uh, blood, the cells that fight uh, disease and makes you stronger are the white blood cells. Yeah. Is there, can we just talk first about how not to do this, how not to have ice bath or cold showers? Because there are people who tried once, maybe they overdo it and they get sick. Yeah, they get cold or flu, and they say, "Oh, I just get sick from ice from cold water, so I'm not going to do it anymore." Yeah, so I'm sure there is the right way to do it. Uh, well, to be honest, yes, there is a right way. It's something that has been used for a lot of years by again athletes, um, as used footballers and uh, fighters, and uh, even uh, going back to uh, gladiators, how they mm -hmm. used to use uh, the cold water for an anti-inflammatory uh, to release and to uh, um, really push the recovery so that you can go back to your workout, go back to uh, uh, more uh, intensively and uh, recover faster. That's not new. Mm -hmm. the, the, the cold shower, I don't think there is too much to um, and there is no real danger in taking cold shower every day. Um, however, um, the ice bath and the cold shower are not only a physical practice. Mm -hmm. Like everything else in your life, you need to have the right uh, intention and to understand exactly what you're doing, why you're doing it. And um, especially if it is an ice bath, I would, um, I, I, I have seen so many people coming to me as well saying, I've done ice baths before. Okay, how long did you stay? I stayed uh, 45 seconds. That's mm. not an ice bath. Or people say, no, 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 it's okay. I want to do an ice bath. Can I stay 10 or 15 minutes, please? Why only three minutes? Mm -hmm. um, even from Wim Hof, who has put a lot of lights on this practice for the past 10 years and have highlighted 
the benefits not only in the body but also in the mind, strengthening the immunity, um, ability to uh, face challenge, improve your self-confidence and everything. Uh, so all of the mental uh, benefits of uh, of the ice bath, um, as you said, it can be traumatizing as well because it's a shock. You're mm -hmm. going into zero degree water. So if you're doing a proper ice bath, so people who stay only 45 seconds, why? Is because everybody that comes into such a low temperature uh, water we'd go into a survival mode for the first minute mm -hmm. where it's going to be a high stress for the body and for the mind. All right. So for the first 45 seconds, what's going to happen is the same as when you start running. Your heart mm -hmm. rate will increase. You're into a deep physical stress right now because you're plunging your body that is 37.5 degrees into zero degree water. So your heart rate will increase. Your entire body and nervous system will be in panic mode and into survival stage. Mm -hmm. If you're not attuned to what's going to happen, you're going to get scared. So scenario one, you come out within mm -hmm. 30, 45 seconds because you just don't like what's happening to you. Scenario two, you get very scared. You come out as well. Um, and, and, and that's everything we need to, to avoid because at that moment, during these 45 seconds, what you're doing is adding a lot of stress to your body and to your mind. Mm -hmm. So if you're coming to do an ice bath for recovery of your muscles, it's, but you didn't get any recovery. And on top of this, you have you added a, a high level of stress in your body. So why do we say three minutes and not 10 and not one? Because the first minute, your uh, nervous system gets in shock and uh, has a, a very high intensity, increasing all functions in your body to be into survival stage. Mm -hmm. When you're doing this with a facilitator that is uh, qualified and trained, this person will make sure that this minute is safe for you, meaning that they will give you some tips. And the first tip I tell my clients is, first, close your mouth. We mm -hmm. talked for the past hour about how breathing through the nose helps you to relax and to uh, calm down anxiety and panic and, and every overwhelming state. First, breathe through your nose. That's what I say to, to people. Second, uh, stay extremely focused. Don't engage with the stress that is coming into your mind. And why? Because the mind will tell you, I don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. This is too much for me. And the more you engage with what's happening in your mind, the more you can get a trauma from it. So it, it, it's like somebody, it, it, so you, you don't want to, to go to that stage because the more you're gonna identify with your thoughts, the more you're gonna increase the trauma response from your body and your mind. So the job of somebody with um, um, facilitating this experience for you is to facilitate with you and to prepare you for this first minute. Mm -hmm. That's the entire thing we do. Because the second minute, when you've been managing this first intense minute, the second minute, your heart rate starts to slow down. You can control your breathing better. You start to surrender to the practice to relax the muscles so they can get the recovery. Mm -hmm. So the body can get relaxed. You can be completely safe in a three minute plunge for most of the people. Um, and the third minute, usually we see the, the magic happens. Mm -hmm. This is when usually people open their eyes and smile. If you don't manage well this first minute, you increase the chance of trauma and stress in both the body and the mind. Mm -hmm. So uh, yes, of course, if you are, if you want to do ice bath, whether it is to improve your recovery because you're a sports uh, person, whether uh, it is to understand how to manage uh, shock, emotions and stress in a better manner, 
um, do it first with somebody that is qualified to help you, to prepare you, tell you exactly what's going to happen during these three minutes. Why we do three minutes? People who are doing, because now, as you said, in Dubai, it's very famous, very trendy. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do it everywhere uh, without proper qualifications. And um, that uh, became something quite trendy. But in the end, um, uh, there is not a lot of uh, safe space uh, to really go deep into the practice to first improve the practice because it's not only one ice path that will change your life mm -hmm. uh, it has to be included into your routine like you include a healthier diet or physical practice you you don't go once in a while to the gym yeah. you don't eat once in a while in a healthy manner uh, if you want really the full scope of benefits of the ice bath practice and the cold shower it has to be consistent and it has to be on a regular basis and this um, um, if you stay uh, the first time or second time or you've done it couples of time in a leisure way and you want to stay 10 minutes, mm -hmm. yes, you can do it. It's fine. But what's going to happen after? Everyone would fall into a mild hypothermia stage within six to eight minutes. Everybody, unless you have a higher amount of fat than the average person, mm -hmm. you would feel the cold and your body will start reducing its own temperature within six minutes. What does it mean? It means that when you're gonna get out of your ice bath or inside, you're gonna start shaking, mm -hmm. okay? And stage number two, you're gonna start shaking, not being able to get back to a warm state within half an hour. And maybe you even have troubles to speak properly without shaking, mm -hmm. that's hypothermia. And nobody takes it seriously, but this is serious. And this is removing the entire benefits of your ice bath. And people don't understand this. They just want to do a score. Just they just want to have an, it's just an ego thing, but I don't think people are even conscious about the fact that it's ego. It's just that they are not told that it's not healthy mm -hmm. and that they are not doing a proper ice bath. Wim Hof tells you himself, the Iceman, the guru, is telling you it's a gradual exposure to cold. And that means that you need to get your body gradually into uh, uh, this kind of temperature without shaking. Mm -hmm. If you want to master an ice bath, you cannot shake. The minute your body starts shaking inside the ice or outside the ice, it means you push too much. Not only it means you push too much, it also means that if you did it for the muscle recovery, what's happening when you're shaking you're tensing the muscles again so bye-bye recovery you've erased entirely the the whole entire benefits on a physical way um it means what that your blood circulation is not optimal and you're gonna have pain maybe in the extremities numbing fingers numbing uh, numbing feet that means you stay too long uh, and if you don't listen to this you can post as many pictures as you want you can tell me how many times you want that you want to stay 10 minutes and you're fine mm -hmm. i'm not gonna let you stay if i see one sign and the first time even though you've done 10 minutes with somebody else I will always do three, three minutes and a half, not not more. Why? Because I want to see how you react inside mm -hmm. and how you react outside. The minute you tell me the next day I was fine, I didn't shake and I went back to my normal life and I could be in an AC place without uh, shaking, mm -hmm. then okay, come back. Then I'll let you stay longer and we are going to increase gradually. gradually. Yeah. But and, and again, there is there is no need. I've read a study again the other day 
one of uh, my uh, my client is a, a dentist and he's, he's a lot into this kind of research and everything. And he sent me a research that has been done on swimmers in ice, uh, ice water that mm -hmm. became very trendy recently. And they made a lot of parallels in the in the ice bath plunger during the, the, the studies. They tell you black on white that there is no benefits of staying more than five to six minutes inside cold water to mm -hmm. have all of the benefits of the practice. Then if you are conscious about this and you still want to push, this is ego. Because yeah. now you're aware, now you know. And now you you understand that, okay, you want to prepare the world record, you want your name to be the Iceman, you want to... And, and again, like I, I don't, when I do my own practice, I don't tell people, oh, I'm staying 15, 20, 25 minutes. I don't care about showing off about this. Mm -hmm. Because for me, this is not a sign of, of performance. This is not a sign of um, understanding the practice. This is the opposite. Yeah. You want to really create a safe space for your clients. You want to create a safe space for yourself. And you want to do an ice bath every day without trauma, with optimizing everything, optimizing your recovery and optimizing your entire practice. A very healthy spot when you're doing it for a long time in, in a regular way is maximum 8 to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Maximum. I, I barely stay more than 8 to 10 minutes. Not because I cannot, and I don't care if people tell me, ah, oh, but she only stays eight to ten. Yeah, I don't care. For me, this is not what makes me a, a, a not a good facilitator. Yeah. I have stayed the. I have stayed very very long time. What happened to me after was hypothermia for one hour, one hour and a half. I couldn't mm -hmm. speak properly. You want me to tell you I can stay one hour in an ice bath? I would tell you, but no, I'm gonna tell you I did it wrong, yeah. because I was focused on let me do like what everybody is doing and. I, I I don't care, and and um, I, I rather care about preparing people to understand what it is, preparing people to come three to, f to twice a week, mm -hmm. and to push and to unload the cup of stress to um, face this first minute because this first minute is always going to be a bit of a challenge, mm -hmm. whether you're tired, whether you're emotional, whether you're stressed that day, uh, you're always your ice bath will always be different anyway. So don't try to just make it different just by adding three, four minutes, staying 20 minutes. It, it, there is no point except your fight against your own self, your fight against Instagram people, mm. and your ego wanted to tell you, oh, I can stay uh, 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, everybody can, but can you not shake after? Yeah. Can you stay warm? Are you okay after to speak? Um, do you feel your extremities? Uh, for uh, so many people, no, no, I, I, um, I couldn't feel my uh, my extremities for three weeks. Yeah, Shit. Oh. that's okay. It's gonna come back, but yeah. uh, this is this means you went too far. And usually, people, a lot of people, would like to be borderline a bit. Mm -hmm. They like to test, test until something like this happens, and then they would come back and they say, "Okay, today you only do four minutes." <laughs> Because they understand, and some I needed, I guess, to go through that process. Yeah. Um, because at some point I was a bit in the same mentality, I guess, and it's okay. Again, it's okay. It's just you learned your lesson. The mastering of the ice bath practice is not about mastering the time. It's about both 
time and body and mind after um, and during the plunge. Staying calm for the first minute uh, and focused, using it as a meditation practice as mm -hmm. well, staying very present because the minute you lose presence, your nervous system will take over, mm -hmm. makes you shake and, and uh, will... Uh, will take over in t in physiologically and on the mind. And that's when you increase the risk of hypothermia and trauma. Mm -hmm. I had people who um, actually, um, and, and again, that's not a practice that is here for everyone. Um, a lot of people enjoy, if you are an athlete, if you're somebody that reacts quite well to challenges and would like to be pushed, giving a, a goal, and uh, we're sensitive to adrenaline rushes and stuff, definitely ice bath will help you and would be a beneficial practice and tool for yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're somebody that on the opposite side really doesn't deal well with pressure, doesn't deal well with, um, with really in a very stressful phase of your life that you are really struggling to manage your emotion at that moment and your body and you're simply not in charge because we all have that kind of moments in life, maybe ice bath can have more trauma effect than a beneficial effect. Mm -hmm. So uh, got to understand your why into doing this. I got to understand your own self into doing this. And if it's something for you, some people are much more comfortable to go on a yoga mat mm -hmm. and do some breathing, some relaxing yoga practice and everything. Some people and sometimes mostly men or at least athletes or people who are really reactive to, to this kind of uh, challenges would be much more comfortable to do an ice bath than sitting on a mat and doing a yoga practice. Mm -hmm. So again, find your tool, but don't push it if you see that it's not there. And sometimes when I see that people have a very, very strong reaction, I don't try to push. There is no mm -hmm. aim to try to pull your shoulders down and let you stay in the ice. Um, it's, uh, it's, not, uh, it's not providing a safe space. Uh, you got to understand that everybody is different and uh, manage stress differently. Yes, there is a healthy part of pushing your comfort zone, pushing your boundaries and pushing your uh, stress level and the ability you have to cope with stress. Mm -hmm. um, and there is a part where, no, you are not in a physical and in a mind state. And that's not advisable for pregnancy, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, um, you cannot uh, put such a high stress um, if you're pregnant, uh, as well as if you have very strong uh, heart rate conditions. Mm -hmm. uh, because we said it before, uh, your uh, heart rate is going to massively increase and um, and uh, you're taking a risk again to, to aggravate uh, this state. So, um, no, yes, 90% of the people could practice an ice bath safely, but again, uh, you got to um, have an intention mm -hmm. and uh, do it in a safe space with a qualified uh, practitioner and um, and uh, don't try to ever push it just for the sake of a, a, a score. Yeah. Um, understand really what's happening and why you're doing it because three to five minutes is exactly and all what you need to get muscle recovery uh, for the mind is this first minute that is most important going up calming down taking over the control of your nervous system that's all you need and the muscle recovery is two to three minutes that's it you don't need more on a physical and mindful basis you don't need more now you want to gradually increase yes okay you want to gradually increase to five, six, seven minutes? Okay. Mm. You want to push and stay shaking and just say that you've stayed 10 because your friend stayed 10? Not okay. 
I still need to try this. I still haven't. Yes, you're most welcome. We can do the I next podcast to. in the ice if you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have quite bad relationship with, uh, I think that's just my belief, with cold. And even if I go just to the sea now, when it's a little bit cooler, I, I shake and I have issues with talking and that's like, what, 20 degrees? So, yeah, um, so come. Yeah, I have, I have to <laughs> try. Come and, uh, but it's, uh, listen, everybody is telling me this. I have issues with the cold. And you know what is very, very uh, uh, funny that Russian people tell me that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm from Slovakia, from the part where in the winter we had like minus 25. Yeah, but you're usually the people why. the most reluctant to the cold. Yeah. Just and it's, it's, it's very like surprising it. to me. But... Uh, Every, nobody likes the cold mm. except penguins but uh, no, <laughs> no human being likes to be pushed into zero degree water whether you decide to put more attention to it and to say I am like this we are all like this mm -hmm. um, but uh, y this is the whole point and usually for people like this this is where it's the most it could be the most life changing as well because we're going to break a belief that mm -hmm. you are able to, and it's, n yes, nobody likes it, everybody's uh, potential, I, I, for me, it used to be impossible to take a cold shower. Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I'm a 40 degrees uh, shower lady uh, from before, and, uh, and now, I mean, yeah, you have to break this belief, and that the entire mindful practice of the ice bath is also to, br to break these barriers of, I am like this and I am not able to or I cannot do. I think this is what I want to achieve with that. Exactly. My, my tagline for everybody in the ice is before they come in is to say I can and I will. And then you go out and say I can, I will and I did. Nice. It's, uh, <laughs> and that's for everything in life because we, we, we reluctant to do most of the things because of fear. Most of the times. Not because we are not able to. It's mm. because of this belief in our head that we are scared about something or we assume we are in a certain way that is not going to be uh, um, f proper for what we're trying to achieve. So we rather say, I cannot, or I'm not like this, or I, 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 not enough, or yeah. self-limited uh, belief, you know? Yeah, we all <laughs> have that. I think that we're going to wrap it up. I got so much from you and I'm very thankful for that. I'm going to just ask you a few questions. Yes. So one very personal question. Are you cancer free now? Yes. I did my, uh, I have to do test every uh, six months and uh, my last one was uh, in November. You know, I've lived for the past six years without medical insurance in Dubai. Don't say <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the club as well, so... Uh, but I just took one this year. <laughs> uh, and then I did my full checkup. And uh, yes, I'm, I'm still checking myself on a regular basis. But uh, I, I decided to not even take a medical insurance for a few years. Wow. Now I have... It's like intentionally. Uh, yeah. Uh, and also financially, yeah. but, uh, but both. Yeah. Just not to bring myself into this mindset of mm -hmm. I'm sick or I can be sick or let me go and check myself. Oh. I, I've I've been confident to switch so many things in my life to be more healthy that yes I uh, I thought like I'll do my checkup when I go back to France I do blood test and I see how it is and last year and this year were very good. Wow, incredible! <laughs> uh, last question: How would you like to be remembered? When I die, you mean? Yeah. Um, well, I mean. Um, if I can have, if I can 
have had an impact on people's life to uh, remember maybe just one thing to feel better every day. I think that's all we need, you know, most of the time, regardless of how many books we read, how many friends we have, how many things. It's just at some point to just have got something from somebody else that helps you to because we, we are still human beings we we need this sense of community we need this sense of belonging and we don't know it all if you think mm. you know it all i mean there's a famous quote about this but if i can at some point provide any kind of support to somebody in their physical or in their uh, mindful journey and help them to live better i've uh, i've served my purpose oh, that's beautiful <laughs> So how can people find you? Where can they find you? They can find me in the ice. They can find me <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> um, Instagram mainly um, uh, with my name and my last name. Um, I do regular classes at Matcha when it comes to um, ice and uh, Wim Hof workshop. I held ice baths uh, three to four days a week in a physiotherapy center, mm -hmm. uh, breath work on the beach and uh, in the theater of digital art in Medina Jumeirah on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, I do retreats, corporate wellness. So anybody who is um, eager to join any of these um, uh, activities or workshops um, can check my Instagram page uh, and uh, I post my schedule on a regular you basis. You can say your Instagram page so it's just um, Elizabeth. Elizabeth with the S underscore uh, Boller B-O-H-L-E-R Yeah. Thank you so much Elizabeth. Thank you pleasure. so much Matt. It was a very nice conversation. Thank you. Likewise. Bye bye. Bye. And that's it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it with anyone who can benefit from it. Feel free to tag me at Matt Bendik, tag the podcast at the Make a Move podcast, and tag Elizabeth at Elizabeth underscore Baller on Instagram. And I'll see all of you in the next episode. Oh, yeah.